0: on Giants, your
1: daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainor here with you. It is Monday, February 10th, 2020. It is probably one of the deadest weeks in terms of NFL news, at least. That's how it's shaping up until we get any kind of uh, salary cap cuts. But until we do, we at the Locked On NFL Network have a special treat for the listeners. Um, We hope you will enjoy this. What we have done is we have done an ultimate crossover show. This is a week-long initiative that we have done here at the Locked On NFL Network. And the way it works is that each Today, we are going to have a different host uh, from the NFC East in this case, who is going to kind of lead a roundtable discussion. And we're going to kind of like mix it in. They're going to talk a little bit about their team. Um, and then we're going to kind of cross over in terms of talent our team can use and so on and so forth. So just basically think of it in terms of four people sitting around at a bar, having a beer, enjoying some football talk, you know, hey, I wish I had your quarterback. Hey, I wish I had your quarterback. This is what I think my team's going to do. And I wish my team was going to do that, you know, that kind of uh, roundtable. So on the first segment, which will run in segment two and three of this particular podcast, we uh, Since we decided to go in order of uh, the NFC East standings from 2019, we will have the Eagles segment up first. And that will be led by Locked On Eagles host, Louis DiBiase. Then on Tuesday, we have the Cowboys segment, which will be led by Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys. Wednesday, I will be leading the Giants segment. On Thursday, Washington will be up and that will be led by Chris Russell. And then on Friday, we're going to do kind of a spinning ahead in terms of free agency, in terms of, you know, our expectations and whatnot. And really, this was some good discussion, I think, amongst the NFC East locked on hosts. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. I hope you'll enjoy it. Before we get to that, though, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Um, Number one. Those of you who have been sending in questions for Twitter Tuesday, Twitter Thursday, obviously there, we won't be having the mailbag this week. We will bring it back next week. Um, Next week is the last week before we get off to the combine. And I think news is going to start to really pick up a little bit as we get closer to the combine, which I will be attending by the way. So there will be plenty to talk about as we get closer to that combine. And, um, also, just so your questions don't run stale, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some of them and put them in a Friday mailbag over at GiantsCountry.com. So this way, you know, a question doesn't become outdated. So we'll do that. And uh, finally, just want to also mention that uh, starting next week, I'm going to be looking to get some guests from other media markets, uh, it, hopefully even some schools, just to start previewing some of these draft picks that are coming out. The list of combine invitees was uh, was released last week. So there's some interesting names and I've been doing some draft pick profiles or draft prospect, I should say, profiles over on GiantsCountry.com. And what I've been doing is I've been trying to pick Guys that I think make the most sense for the Giants rather than, you know, just randomly pick, you know, a guy at this position or that position. So hopefully you'll be able to check that out as well. All right, folks. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to kick off the Ultimate NFC East crossover and again this one is slightly eagle centric but a lot of good discussion from the other hosts as well hope you enjoy it and we'll be right back after these messages the lock on giants podcast is brought to you in part by blue visit blue and enter promo code locked on to receive your first shipment for only five dollars shipping and handling that's blue
0: All right, everybody. Welcome into a ultimate crossover right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Louis DiBiase of Lockdown Eagles. Welcome in. And I'm very excited to get this going here. And we started with the Eagles just because, of course, they finished first place in the NFC East in 2019. I'm joined by Patricia Traina of Lockdown Giants, Marcus Mosher of Lockdown Cowboys, and Chris Russell of Lockdown Redskins. And while, guys, we were kind of kidding about it before, how I'd Started up just because the Eagles finished in first place uh, this regular this past regular season. It's not totally something to really gloat about, considering how up and down this division was. Probably the <laughs> weakest in 2019. I mean, the Eagles won it at nine and seven, and they had to run the table in the East at the end just to punch their ticket. With 18 players on injured reserve, Carson Wentz is throwing to practice squad players up and down. What were your initial thoughts, just overall of the division? last year because it was so I mean at one point you think all right clearly this is Dallas I felt like when Philadelphia lost in Miami and dropped to five and seven like all right the Cowboys are controlling this and then they had a mini collapse of their own down the stretch I mean it was it was a wild year for this division that normally is always under the spotlight in the NFL
1: they don't call it the NFC least for nothing and I think the fact that you have three teams in the division with new coaching staffs just shows you just how this Division has deteriorated. Now, with that said, there are three interesting staffs, Ron Rivera down in Washington, um, Joe Judge, who's a newcomer with the Giants and Mike McCarthy in Dallas. So I think brighter days are ahead for the division. But yeah, I mean, the last few years has just been some ugly football coming out of the division.
2: Yeah, I mean, Patricia said it best. I mean, that I mean, that's what I refer to it, right? The NFC lease. But remember, this is the NFL, guys, right? San Francisco stunk last year mostly because of injury but they were 4 and 12 and then they were in the Super Bowl this year and really should have won it. So, that we know we all know this, right? This is a league that you can go from really good to really bad in a hurry. You can go from really bad to really good in a hurry and obviously there's some variance in between so with these three new coaching staffs uh, and of course the venerable doug peterson and the eagles coaching staff and Louie, I, I i think you just you just wanted to be ahead of everybody else i, I think you wanted to leave us uh, in the dust it has nothing to do with the fact that uh the philadelphia eagles won the division i think you just wanted to go first um you know because you guys have the most stability i mean obviously it's it, it it's not like you have the, the, the big target on your back that you had you know, recently defending a Super Bowl, right. but I think everybody's going to say, okay, you know what, in order to win the division, in order to get a home game, in order to guarantee us a playoff game, we've got to go through Philadelphia.
0: Well, that's the thing, too, is you look at this division, it's weird. I mean, the NFC NFC leased a very popular nickname for this division around the league, but at the same time, from 2010 up until 2020, the last decade, I mean, you've seen, well, even going back a few years before that, the Giants have won two Super Bowls, since I can remember, the Eagles win in 2017, and yet it's always a division that regardless of who the champion is, is always a back-and-forth battle. I mean, for Philadelphia, they had to... You know, win an overtime against the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. Then, with 30 seconds left, throw a game-winning touchdown in Washington. And then you had to beat Dallas at the link, and then head to MetLife to take down the Giants. So, regardless of you know how strong these teams are during the regular season. It's always close, really, or how weak they are. Even this year, it was it was down to the wire once again. So that's something that I feel like. Although Philadelphia may be the favorite again heading into twenty twenty, it's never a division where one team normally wins it by you know three four games.
1: What's interesting about a new coaching staff, and again, th- three teams with new coaching staffs, is how did, are they going to function? Usually, I have seen you know, instances where a new coaching staff comes in and they kind of can take the rest of the teams, in the division by surprise. Now, what I'm looking forward to seeing is with three. And I think the NFC East is the only division where there's that many new coaching staffs um, going into 2020, just how much tighter the competition's going to be this year.
3: Yeah. And the other thing I would add about the division, it's, it's interesting that uh, aside from three new coaches, Uh, It's also a really young division in terms of quarterback play. Like Carson Wentz Mm -hmm. is the oldest quarterback in this division at 26 years old, and that's incredible. Uh, So I think uh, you know over the next couple years, there's going to be a lot of change in this division. I I, I certainly don't see one team uh, sticking at top of the division for the next two or three years, and I think that's going to be fascinating in itself.
0: Well, the thing is too with I don't know what we're talking about with the three teams outside of the eagles all have new head coaches in 2020 but even philadelphia while they have a lot of continuity they're continuing with this same core that won a championship although there's going to be a lot of changes especially at wide receiver this year cornerback i think up front too, jason peters will likely be gone so there's some change in philadelphia too and while there is continuity you look at the coaching staff while you guys your three teams have new coaches the Eagles themselves made some adjustments there. Mike Rowe, the offensive coordinator, the past mm-hmm. two years is out. Their wide receiver coach from last year, Carson Walsh, is out. They brought in Rich Scangarello, who was the Denver Broncos OC last year to bring in a new fresh mind to the offensive coaching staff. They did not hire a offensive coordinator. They instead promoted Press Taylor, who was their quarterback coach, to pass game coordinator, their offensive line coach, Jeff Stoutland, to run game coordinator. So even Philadelphia themselves and the coaching, tree has kind of switched it up a little bit to change because although they won the division last year and made the playoffs for the third straight year again they had to run the table down the stretch and there were a lot of lulls during the season that to me a lot of it had to do with Doug Peterson just did not have the strongest staff and of course they just couldn't stay healthy but I think it was a combination of everything so Philadelphia has a lot of change that they they need to make this offseason as well.
2: I'll just jump in here. You know, sometimes change is good, right? I I mean, that's what, you know, look, sometimes change it it takes time to get used to what exactly you're trying to get across from a coaching standpoint or uh, for players to mesh together and kind of have that chemistry, but sometimes change freshens things up, you know, and uh, sometimes it's necessary. Obviously in Washington, it was beyond necessary. Uh, I, I, you know, I I think in Dallas, it, it was, necessary. I don't know if it was beyond necessary, or I wouldn't describe it as beyond necessary. I think Patricia would say it was beyond necessary with the Giants. I don't want to speak necessarily uh, for her. But, Louie, you know, with Philadelphia, I mean, you know, again, this is a team that just won a Super Bowl a year and a half ago. So, Mm -hmm. it's amazing how stale this league gets and how quickly things change. And obviously, a lot of personnel changes, but sometimes a fresh a couple of fresh faces light a fire under people because those fresh faces are going to have a different way of doing things, not only in games, but also in practices and in the building. And it might just be enough to kickstart somebody who maybe got a little stale and a little bit dry. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you.
0: Too. Oh, sorry, Patricia. Let me ask you, too, because from our perspective, those fresh players, although they were practice squad guys down the stretch, um, I thought they actually really helped rejuvenate the offense, specifically in Carson Wentz. And, Look, there's a national perspective about Carson Wentz, and there's a local one. There, you know, the whole Nick Foles, Carson Wentz debate over the past couple years. I think was put to rest now. But the injury, the injury-prone label. You know, he gets hurt after the first couple series in the wild card round. But to me, like in Philadelphia now, he's kind of earned that the respect of the city and that team where he put them on his back and got them into the postseason. But there's still a stigma about him nationally. I, I wonder what it is what your guys' perspective on Carson Wentz is from a division rivalry perspective.
1: Well, considering you guys have owned the giants for God knows how long, I mean, mean, it, it just doesn't seem to matter, but, but no, seriously, Carson Wentz, I think for the type of system that Doug Peterson is trying to run out there, I think he's a good fit for that. And, and just, you know, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong here. He has had injury issues, I think, that have kind of gotten in the way of him really reaching his full potential. They might have maybe delayed him uh, with, with uh, taking those next steps and whatnot. But I, I think he's a really good young quarterback. I think, you know, you add a few more pieces to, to upgrade that offense. And, and uh, I, I think you're going to have something there.
2: I'll chime in on my end, on the Redskins' end. Um, You you know, when it comes to Carson Wentz, the thing that the Redskins' defense has always struggled with, and I'm sure you guys have had similar experiences uh, to this, at least Marcus with the Cowboys uh, and Patricia with the Giants, is, you know, the Redskins seem to have a pretty good beat on a guy like Carson Wentz, but they cannot contain him. He cannot, uh, they cannot just kind of, You know, like they'll extinguish some of the fire and they'll spray all the stuff that comes out of the fire extinguisher, but the fire still keeps going and it's like little brush fires. And then Carson is just running around, breaking pocket, breaking contain and chucking one down the field and making a play, you know, that you're not supposed to make. And that's the area that they have struggled with specifically against him. I think it'll be really interesting as he gets older in his career. And obviously, the injuries have been an enormous problem. We know major injuries and now the concussion, which knocks him out early of the playoff game. And obviously, that's a major injury, but it's not the same as a torn ACL and and the back surgery. I think it'll be interesting to kind of see how he adjusts, maybe by not using his legs so much, by not uh, putting himself in that peril, and then how teams kind of counter that. If you look, and again, I can just speak for the Redskins, Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, they're going to spend all this offseason during these dead times when they have a good feel for their team, say after the draft and whatever, getting ready for a guy like Carson Wentz, how do we keep him in the pocket? How do we not have, let him break contain? How do we not let him hold on to the football for four and a half, five seconds so that he breaks down our coverage? That's what they're going to be working on.
3: Yeah. And I'll just chime in from a Cowboys perspective. There's certainly a, a healthy rivalry between, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, both of those that's guys right, coming yeah. in in the 2016 draft. Uh, you know, Cowboy fans here uh in Dallas, they they you know they maintain that Prescott's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure that's true. I think these guys are both incredible quarterbacks. Uh, but it's gonna be interesting to see what Carson Wentz looks like going forward. Um, I, I imagine they're gonna rebuild that wide receiver core over the offseason. Uh, I'm not sure that the guys that they had there last year with Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar uh, maybe fit him as well as they they need to. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see what Doug Peterson in that front office does to help out Carson Wentz this offseason.
0: Yeah, look, this is a player that last year had 4,000 yards, first time in Philadelphia Eagles history. It's also the first time a quarterback's done that without a receiver surpassing 500 yards. So Howie Roseman, the Eagles general manager, has his hands full this offseason trying to build around that because while he did get hurt in the playoffs, he played 16 games. I thought he picked and choose his spots way better about being aggressive and when to stay in the pocket as the season went on along so uh, it's it's a big offseason for the eagles for sure we're going to take one quick break and on the eagles focus of this ultimate nfc east crossover we will wrap it up coming up next louis dibiase patricia trena marcus mosher and chris russell joining you don't go anywhere we'll be right back All right, everybody. Welcome back in. This is the final segment of the Eagles portion of the Ultimate NFC East Crossover right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We got all four hosts here of the NFC East podcast joining you. And we're getting into the Eagles who won the NFC East last year in 2019. So guys, let me ask you, because we we were really focusing on Carson Wentz specifically last segment and how the Eagles are one of the really the only team that has a lot of continuation in their coaching staff heading into 2020. What about personnel though? I mean, from a personnel perspective, I don't know if it's all that far off. Yeah. You can talk about quarterback with Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins. They're not quite to the level of where Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott are, but overall, I mean, you look at, yeah, the Eagles are strong up front on the offensive and defensive line, but they have huge holes at receiver and corner and linebacker. I feel like outside of of course the most important position quarterback these rosters aren't i don't know I, I, I don't want to say they're super close but i don't think it's where one team is clearly just blowing away the other in in talent across the board
3: yeah i would add that the the secondary for the eagles is probably the maybe the biggest weakness of any uh one single yep. unit uh, in the entire division i agree uh, it's just, it's a, it's been a spot that's haunted them for a while and with Ronald Darby scheduled to hit free agency and Jalen Mills, I think it's fair to expect a total turnover there in Philadelphia uh, with a cornerback to the very least. So uh, from a Cowboys perspective, I'm going to be interested to see who they bring in there. Maybe they even bring in somebody like Byron Jones from the Cowboys to help stop Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Uh, I'll certainly have my eye on that uh, spot going forward.
2: Yeah. It, it's interesting that you mentioned that Marcus, because I was trying to think, how many different makeovers of the secondary are we going to have? I mean, Patricia got a first round pick uh, in DeAndre Baker last year, but the Redskins are ripping apart their secondary uh, as well. Sure, they added Landon Collins last year, you know, but 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 all of these teams, Philadelphia, Dallas, the Redskins, and I guess, you know, certainly still the Giants are going to have completely different looks. And, and we we all know it's a passing league. And then you look at you know, just the other kind of units, right? And, and you know, just leaving quarterback aside, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I still think, like, when I think of the Eagles, you know, going back to them, you, you start everything with that defensive line, right? And that pass rush. And, you know, are they the best? I, I mean, in my eyes, they, they, they are, right? They're still the best. And that's where they're going to have to win football games. Uh, on the defensive side, and 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 you know you're going to have to make sure that you have enough depth there, enough depth there, and to bolster that area because you're going to have some openings, you're going to have some uh, some holes, uh, and you just mentioned a bunch of them on the back end, and I think that's how a lot of these teams are built. But I know that's how the Redskins are built right now on defense.
1: And from a Giants' perspective, for me, it all starts in the pit. And you know, I look at the Giants, the offensive line last year. Some talent was there, yes, but they could really, you know, they can use a boost, uh, especially on the offensive tackle spot. On the defense, the defensive line actually didn't play too badly, considering that they were a young group. Now, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Leonard Williams if he comes back. But I think, in terms of the pit, which is where it it all starts I think potentially the Giants um, you know I I think there's going to be an upgrade there hopefully in the competition level and that's where I'd like to see them really play better especially against Wentz and company because you know too all too often the Giants like quarterbacks run like like the wind you know they don't contain they let these guys out and you know it it just I think the Giants led the league or were up there in the top three and on biggest plays allowed. And that's because quarterbacks had all day to throw the ball. So I think, you know, with some upgrades on their end, they can potentially compete with the Eagles. Louis, yeah, if we well. have if, oh, yeah, if we have
2: a, a minute, I just wanted to jump in. I mean, Marcus kind of mentioned Ronald Darby. Uh, do you see Rodney McLeod coming back? Um, how do you think they I, handle? And we were talking about up front, Vinny Curry, Tim Jernigan. You know, those guys are free agents. How do you kind of see that shaking out?
0: Yeah, I think it's Howie Roseman has some interesting decisions. For the secondary, I think Ronald Darby is likely out. Jalen Mills, Jim Schwartz loves Jalen Mills. I'm not really a big fan of him in the starting lineup still. They might bring him back if they can't lure in another bigger free agent. But to me, if I had to predict what happens in the secondary right now, I say Rodney McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins come back. They do not have a safety right now waiting in the wings to take over one of those two spots, and they love using at least three safeties on the field. Most of the time, they really do not prioritize linebacker in this defense. So I think both safeties are back because Malcolm Jenkins also wants a new contract. And as for the defensive line, I think Vinnie Curry had a really underrated season. I think he'll be back, but I think Tim Jernigan will likely move on wanting... More of an opportunity to play because the Eagles do have Malik Jackson returning uh, from injury. Last thing I'll say to guys before we wrap up this Eagles portion of the ultimate NFC East crossover, the Eagles again I, I think should be favorited heading into this season. However, I mean. All three teams I would love to steal talent from. I mean, the Cowboys specifically, they have one that I would love to grab and Byron Jones, who's a free agent at cornerback. I mean, with Washington, Terry McLaurin tore the Eagles secondary up last year. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's a perfect, he's the exact type of player the Eagles are looking for this offseason. Some speed to stretch the field because we saw what Carson Wentz did to Washington with Deshaun Jackson in the only game he got to play with him last year. And, you know, for the Giants as well, I mean, yeah, they have Miles Sanders, but you look at a guy like Saquon Barkley, you look on the defensive side, the interior of that defensive line, there's there's pieces across the board where, at, from an Eagles perspective, I'm saying I, I don't think it's that far off where I'd love to steal some talent from all three of these teams.
3: You can have Byron Jones. I'm sure he'll be on the free agent market. Please overpay him. Please. I don't do know, that.
0: man. That's the thing. Like I love him as a talent, but I am so terrified with the what the Eagles have done over the past to pay any sort of corner real money. I just see nightmares of Nam Asamo and Byron Maxwell in my head.
3: <laughs> and that's what happens in free agency, right? You you yeah. overpay for pretty good players. You pay pay these guys elite salaries and you don't always get that production back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was a great conversation, guys. It's the first portion of the ultimate crossover right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to take a focus on Lockdown Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, of course, with Marcus Mosher, Louis DiBiase here with you of Lockdown Eagles, Patricia Train of Lockdown Giants. As I said, Marcus Mosher of Lockdown Cowboys, and Chris Russell of Lockdown Redskins. Guys, before we wrap up, let's just give our Twitter plugs real quick and where you can find our content. Of course, you can. Follow me on Twitter at L O E. Subscribe to Locked on Eagles on any podcast platform or on LockedOnEagles.com.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trainer. You can find my writings at GiantsCountry.com, which is an SI.com sports channel.
2: Go ahead, Marcus, because I'm always bringing up the rear uh, in the <laughs> NFC. League. Ah,
3: That's perfect. Uh, you guys can follow us at Locked on Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. My co-host, Lena McCool, who could not be here uh, for this episode at McCoolBCB. BCB. Make sure you guys check us out uh, on all the shows on the podcast network.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, merely Chris Russell. Uh, you can follow me on, on Twitter at Russellmania621. But if you just want Redskins content, it's at Locked Redskins uh because otherwise you'll get a bunch of other stuff, me complaining about traffic and uh talking a lot about Alex Ovechkin. Um but also read me at RedskinsReport.com, dot com like Patricia, part of the SI uh network and SI dot com. So I've got a lot of uh Redskins coverage over there and as well of course we all, right, do the Google uh updates and Google news initiatives and all right. that stuff. So
0: Well, perfect, guys. That's going to do it for us today right here on the Ultimate Crossover in the NFC East right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'll see you guys tomorrow.